Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. It is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that tells us that we are the workmanship of God. In other words, we are His master craft, and we're created in Christ, and we're created not without purpose and not without significance, but we were created and prepared for good works that were prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The travesty of a woman born into this world that doesn't understand the significance of her calling, it becomes a very, not a beneficial force, but a destructive force. Um, the devil knew that if he could warp the woman's call, uh, she could, he would end up destroying man and God's purpose for man. It was there that the woman was created, and it says that she would produce fruit the which would trample the head of serpents that would trample the head of darkness, that would overcome and, and be great things against the kingdom of darkness. For the past 14 years, we have uh, tried to set aside Mother's Day uh, for a really powerful teaching for the women to rise up in their calling. Um, and so I'm trying to do that this morning also. A woman was not called... Uh, uh, to be a mother without first going through maturity. Motherhood is the mature aspect of a woman. Uh, first, she's a woman, she becomes a wife, and then a mother. Obviously, the devil sometimes subverts that, making women hate womanhood, not to want to be women, or women uh, to prematurely give forth fruit without having a husband, and that's producing offspring without the authority of a father, and that is super destructive. Uh, it leaves a man without legacy and without identity. And you, you know that we're living in times that has fully declared. Um, this is like one of those trilogies like uh, Harry Potter. It all starts out funny and fun, but ends up being a disaster. Uh, and, and if they would have started the first Harry Potter uh, telling the masses that a homosexual wizard would train up a child, nobody would have watched that movie. Well, they waited five movies to tell you that truth. If they would have done that from the beginning, nobody would have watched Harry Potter because we're not interested in having our children trained up by gay wizards. So the same thing with Star Wars. If they would have said that everything became in the beginning how the last Star Wars movie ended, nobody would have watched the first one. But it took a good 25 years for us to watch every single one of the Star Wars episodes to find out that it starts out with a very twisted mindset and family. So we're not going to concern ourselves with uh, being sad about the state of the present affairs. Because a lot of people will say, well, Pastor, this is not a good Mother's Day message. Listen to me. If we don't set the record straight, we destroy the next generation. If we don't lay a solid foundation, our children have no hope. And so that's why we need a message like this, understanding that motherhood is the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good works prepared before the foundations of the earth. This is not something you could sequester and kidnap and take on a little joyride and wreck the generations 
of God upon the earth uh, because you have no understanding. The young women that are here today that are mothers, I want to tell you, you have the highest call upon the face of the earth. And it's not a call to corporate America. It's not a call to political office and institution. It's a call to raise up godly seed for the glory of God. It's a call to make sure that what falls in your womb is just not somebody's seed. It's not just anybody's seed. But it would be God-fearing, holy, sanctified, uh, Holy Ghost-filled seed that you will take care of that seed and raise up Men and women for the glory of God. Not men and women who don't know who they are because you're too busy trying to find out what the next fashion is at Dayland Mall. That's not your calling. The Bible says that a God-fearing woman, she is to be praised. And she says that she's not too much into the beauty because she knows that, that charm is the deceit and beauty is vain. It's passing. There's something more solid something more grounded, something right next to you that is your responsibility. And we're living in times now where this year that just passed, a local congresswoman, Ileana ross had to shamefully agree that her daughter Amanda now wants to call himself or herself Rodrigo. And that is an indictment to our generation. That we have women who lead who do not know how to lead a family. Women who lead, who have not left an incredible legacy to their children. And so how horrible um, having the next generation try to figure out why mom is dad. We have a local councilman here who was born Steve and now wants to be known as God knows what, dressing like a woman, a transvestite, and really confusing to her daughter, saying, I have two moms, but I call one of my moms dad. That's our lifetime. And that is not a freak show. That's an everyday occurrence for foolish women. The Bible says a foolish woman only knows how to do one thing, trample her offspring. Let's read that in Job chapter 39. As God questions and says, what is up with this scenario? What is going on with women who don't understand their calling, who don't know what it is to be mother? Job 39, 13. She says, look at the ostrich. Um, She's really excited about flapping her wings. Listen to me, mom, who don't understand motherhood. You're just an ostrich flapping your feathers going nowhere. You're, You're a bird that cannot fly. She's proud with her wings going nowhere. And verse 14 says like this, she leaves her eggs on the ground. She doesn't consider them. They're warm uh, there in the dust. Verse 15. She forgets. This is, this is something that cannot happen. And those women that are here have to be the greatest advocates for the house of God in this regard. You guys need to stand up and not walk in the foolishness of this world. She forgets that her walking, her wanderings will end up destroying her, child, her, her children. Um, or that a wild beast may come and break in. Who was it that, that was able to capture the heart of this young girl, Amanda, and tell her that she would be better off in this world as Rodrigo? Who was it? Where was mom? Who was watching home? Who was overlooking the purpose of God? And so it goes on to say in verse 16 that she treats her young harshly, 
She lets them come home when mom is not home. She's not, she's not there raising up godly seed, raising up godly offspring. See, a, a, a man is going to go chasing somebody that's like his mom. That's what a man's going to do. I want to marry somebody that will be like my mom. Somebody that, that is lost. Somebody that doesn't care about home. Somebody that doesn't feed the family. That's, that's what's going on nowadays. And that will be the destruction of your offspring's home. Because motherhood, yes, there are, listen to me, there are many flowers today. There are many Mother's Day cards. But we need to talk about these real issues. We need to understand the heart of God. Her labor is in vain. She doesn't concern herself with what she's doing. She leaves no concern with her high call. In verse 16, she treats them as if they were not her own. Somebody else will take care of this responsibility. Somebody else will lift up godly seed. Somebody else will lift up the next generation. If her baby dies, she does not care. All her work was for nothing. That's because, verse 17, this is where God says, I gave that bird no wisdom. Because God deprived her of wisdom. God did not fill her mindset with future generations. I just was in a program this week, and, and they said, what do you have? What's wrong with homosexuality? The lesbian girl told me. I don't care about that. I said, you know something? You know why you cast off restraint? Why you don't care? It's because you have no vision as to the future. Your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren. You have no vision. You cast off restraint. It says it in Proverbs 29, verse 18. And so we need to be the people that care and understand there's two types of mothers. Even this day, we don't want to talk about this, but we need to talk about this. There's foolish mothers and there's wise mothers. If you love truth, you would shout amen. You would shout amen when you hear truth because truth is being hidden in our generation. And so foolishness is rampant. And so we see there in Luke chapter 14, verse 1, the most incredible thing about a woman is that she has a womb. A man doesn't have a womb. He's not able to produce. That's why I say world-changing producers. You women are called to bring forth. Could I have a microphone? This is not going good. You guys are called to produce fruit for the glory of God. Praise God. Amen. You guys were called to produce fruit for the glory of God. And we see throughout history, there's some powerful women of God who raised up to be some incredible, glorious women. They're mothers of world changers. In Luke chapter 1, verse 41, it happened when Elizabeth heard. This is John the Baptist's mom. She heard Mary's greeting that the babe inside her womb, it leaped with joy. That, that, that baby that was there embedded in the womb of Elizabeth is already beginning to be receptive to relationship, to words, and to purpose. There's nobody who has ever lived as a prophet of God greater than John the Baptist. How many say Amen. This was godly seed that was supposed to raise up in his generation and, and lift up a voice for God. And it says when she greeted her that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, 
It says there, then she spoke with a loud voice, saying, blessed are you among women. Listen to me. Some women cannot have children. You are blessed among women. You have seed. You have amazing fruit of your womb. Blessed be that fruit of your womb. Blessed because he has a mother. Blessed because he has a mother who fears God. Blessed because he has a mother who seeks the purposes of heaven to be realized upon the earth. And we're all being invited continually to be sequestered in our calling. We're all constantly being tried to uh, remove ourselves from what God wants to do. These women were making sure that godly seed was being implanted. I, I think that our, our daughters have to be told. I was telling a daughter recently, about two years ago, I said, your womb is to have godly seed put right there in godly time with godly blessing. And she ran out and she got involved with a Mormon and, and she had sex and disregarded her calling and got pregnant. And God is a redeeming God. He's doing wonderful works in that family and in that relationship. But God was faithful to warn her before time. God was faithful to have a man of God cross the country, sit down with her, and say, make sure that you are raising up godly offspring. I'm surely you know my testimony um, about 16 years ago. No, a little, bit le- a little bit less. 14 years ago, I was coming home from work. It was late at night. I had just come back from trial. And the Lord says, stand still and look in that room. And I said, Lord, what do you want? And he says, see those three little munchkins in there? One of them is three. The other one is two. The other one is one. One, two, and three. The three boys slept in one room, a bunk bed and a bed. He says, those are my servants. Respect them. Those are my prophets. Those are my men of God that I put in your hand to raise them up for this season. I was like, Lord, are you serious? The little munchkins are running around in pampers. They, 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 they're just, they're not going anywhere. What, what, God has a high calling on our kids. They are princes of the earth. They're princesses in the earth. They're the, they're the real offspring of God placed in a woman's womb. So there's two types of women. There's women in Proverbs 14, verse 1, that will build a house, build a home, build a structure for the glory of God. And others that are just like, oh, who do I pick? You. You're going to be the one I go. And another foolish woman says, I'm going to put sandals under my bed. Whoever puts their feet in them first, that'll be my husband. That's an abomination to God. How dare you? That's an abomination. You know who put his feet in those sandals? A married man. A man who already had a wife and children. And this is a Christian woman, she says. So these are the times we're living in, and we got to be careful. For the Bible says a a wise woman will build her house. A foolish one will pull her down. This is huge potential for destruction. Huge potential placed in the hands of a woman. You know, all over this land, we're going to hear messages. And, and, and my friend says, Joaquin, why do you always pick Mother's Day to, to bring one of these messages? Listen to me. You need to get the message of God. You're in the house of God. I'm not here to flatter you. I'm not here to tell you things that, that tickle you because too much is at stake. And you need to train up your son on how he's to go into a relationship. On Friday night here, uh, the young people were here. We said... When you're going to go pick 
a husband, you're going to ask him the very first question. And the first question a young girl is going to ask the boy she meets when she meets him, who was here on Friday? Who was here Friday night? Is who is your king? A young girl has to ask this man, who is your king? Because they're going to serve somebody. Listen to me, in the history of Israel, there was only one time that there was a real wicked, wicked mother. And she got to a point who was going to be king of Israel. You know who she pointed to? Does anybody know? She pointed it to herself. She was the most wicked woman. And, and I, I want to tell you something. You know who her mom was? Does anybody know her mom's name? Jezebel. Very good, Elizabeth. It was, it was Jezebel raised a daughter that didn't know how to come under leadership. She didn't know how to honor. She didn't know how to respect. She didn't know how to submit. She became the most wicked woman in Israel. In all of Israel's history, there was only one queen. Who was it? This woman. And she, she killed all the men of God. She killed all nobility. And we'll get into that. Because woman of God, you need to reflect the glory of Christ's character. You need to walk like God wants you to walk, not like you want, not like you think. You need to walk in a manner that you forge the generations that are to come. You need to be a woman like this in Proverbs 31, verse 28. It says, her children rise and call her blessed. Her husband sees her and praises her. If you continue on, it says at the end, even the city, in verse 31, it says, even the city shall praise her. Give her the fruit of what she's done with her hands and let her works praise her at the city gates. That's a woman of God. That's a mother. That's leaving a legacy for a thousand generations of those who fear God. This is what God desires for us above all things. And that's why Jesus says in Luke 23, 27, he says, women, don't cry for me. Don't cry for me. I, mean, I know I'm going to the cross. I know I'm going to die. You, it says a great multitude of people followed and the women were mourning and lamenting. And they're like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening to Jesus. He, he takes a moment in time in verse 28 and he says, Jesus turning to them says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. Don't concern yourselves too much in other issues. What are you doing about yourselves and your children? Do not be crying like the women in Ezekiel chapter 8. They were crying for Tammuz. Tammuz was a child that was brought up to be a brat. And he was the king over all peoples. He became an idol. And there the women were lamenting. Look what they're doing to my, to my son. Look what they're doing to my daughter. They were putting a preference above the Lord. They were putting a preference above God. Ezekiel 8, 13. You cannot have your children go around thinking that they don't have to listen to anybody. They don't have to conform to authority. They don't have to subject themselves to godly counsel. That's an abomination. Ezekiel 8, 13 says, and he said, turn again, and you will see greater abominations that they are doing. What are they doing? They're holding out their children to be the leaders. Verse 14. 
He brought me to the door of the north gate of the house of the Lord. And to my dismay, the, the prophet freaked out. Women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz is a man whose mom held him out to be God. Let me tell you something, mom, you're listening to me today. You want to curse your son? Make him out to be God. Make him out to subvert his father's authority. Make him to subvert the pastor's authority. Make him to subvert his job's authority. You will curse that young man. He will think he's God. And you're raising that nightmare. The Bible says that a woman who does not correct her son, he will grow up to be your shame. As you uh, give him all his heart's desires and none of God's heart's desires. Women that are like this are seen in Luke chapter 17, verse 32, where Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. Why do we have to remember Lot's wife? Because she had her heart in a place God didn't have his heart. Mother, you better have your heart where God has his heart. You better desire the things of God, even though you think you know more. Even though you think you're better educated, you better get with the program because Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. What happened? She lost her family. She lost her offspring. Her daughters got into some wicked stuff wanting to have sex with their father. And two tribes are born out of there. Two peoples, Ammon and the, um, it was the Ammonites and another tribe can't remember right now but in verse 33 he says like this remember Lot's wife whoever seeks to save his life if you're going to preserve your witchcraft your works outside of authority because the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and so we need to understand that that as you're trying to preserve all these things this is what Eve was doing she was trying to preserve Adam and saying he will be like God. This was what Sarah was doing when she gave Abraham the advice that had nothing to do with God's heart. God's heart was weighed on the promise. Her heart was sleep with your slave woman there, with Hagar. He who saves his life will lose it. Remember Lot's wife. He whoever loses his life. You think that, that all these things that are, are really making you deny and subvert and withdraw... It will bring a glorious fruit, a glorious fruit for the glory of God. Again, a woman told me a short time ago, my husband doesn't do anything and I have to do anything and I can do better than him and I work and I clean and I come and I go. I said, that's your glory. But you want to see the glory of God. Get out of the way. Don't be an Eve offering your husband the way out. Don't be a Sarah offering your husband a better plan. Walk in the fear of God. Wait upon the Lord. It's much too important. The Bible says in Genesis 19.26 that, that as the curse and judgment was fallen on Sodom, what was Lot's wife looking at? But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. She wasn't following her lead. She wasn't following God's command. Women who fail to care and raise godly offspring that are, fear the Lord. And they concern themselves with earthly cares and investments. They perish under the judgment of God. Throughout history, mothers have been a conduit to produce God's seed and fruit. I want to call you a world-changing producer. It's not what Hollywood produces that is powerful. It's what you produce. It's what God entrusts to you, and you're able to mold in the fear of God. I'm blessed to see that even though a woman like Moses' mom puts him out in the Nile, 
And she goes over to Pharaoh's house. They want to look for a caretaker for Moses. And they pick his mom. So she's undercover. She's in the palace. She's taking care of her son while he's the son of Pharaoh. This is what we're doing in this world. The world wants to take our children. The world wants to subvert our plan. The world wants to subvert our identity. You have to preserve it. How powerful it is in Hebrews eleven twenty four, where it says that Moses preferred not to be part of Pharaoh's agenda. I love that verse. He, he, he thought it more beneficial to suffer. Hebrews eleven twenty four. 24. He thought it better. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused. He refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter. This is Pharaoh's grandson. Verse 25. Esteeming, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Who put this into this man? Who put this into this man? His mom. His mom put this in his heart. That's the only way a man could rise up to be who he is. And you know who has to put in the heart of your children respect for leadership and authority and obedience? Hi, mom. Hi, mom. You know who has to raise up your husband to a place of God's ordained office as father? Hi, mom. You are the ones that could be a wicked woman and reduce any man to a piece of a morsel of bread. You'll let anybody swallow him. You'll let anybody disrespect him. Your attitudes, your rolling your eyes, your questions, your answers, your attitude will reduce man outside of his ordained office. Don't expect your son to go find a different woman. He will find the same woman. He will find a woman that will belittle him. He will find a woman that will do everything for him. He will find another mom. You've got to be careful. The Bible says that he decided to rather. He had a choice to make. And he chose to suffer affliction. How many sons do we have like that in our generation? They all want the easy way out. I was just at court this week with a man who decided even to take his wife's last name. I'll do anything. I'll take on your last name. Isn't that, isn't that horrific? Isn't that an abomination? What son is going to say, Dad, what is our last name? Well, we're going to follow your mom's last name. That's an abomination. That's not what God wanted. And so it says in verse 25, I believe, 26, that he rather chose to suffer with God's people. And he says he esteemed to stand out for Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. How many know that there was treasure in Egypt? How many know there were portfolios and stocks and there was all types of gold and silver and titles? There was all sorts of things. But what happened? He looked for another reward. For he looked to the reward that came from heaven. Mom, you put that in the heart of your child. So when men come with great salaries and tell your son, come and deny the Lord your God, he says, no. He says, no. The likes of people like, like Timothy's mom. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1, it says, his mom was a God-fearing woman. His dad was a geek. I mean, I'm sorry, a Greek. His dad wanted him to follow the ways of the world. But Paul says, that faith that's in you that was transferred to your heart by your mama and your grandmama. Happy Mother's Day. 
Happy Mother's Day. We need a world-changing seed. We need world-changing mothers. We need world-changing women that know who they are, that will raise up godly men. I cannot wait till this house produces its harvest. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear Tristan preach. I can't wait to hear Jonathan and Brian and Ethan stand up in our nations because they were brought up in the fear of God by godly women. Awesome. And this is something you cultivate. This is something that she's foregoing this time. Proverbs 31, 25. There's a season that nothing's being seen, nothing's being produced. She says she grabs herself with strength and honor and she clothes herself because she will rejoice in the time to come. She knows her hard labor and her work is worth something. She's not called to idleness. She's not called to the bread of joking around and messing around and playing around. Verse 26. She opens her mouth and comes out wisdom. Her tongue has the law of kindness. Verse 27. She watches, God forbid, in this generation for somebody to say that houses need mothers. She watches, she diagnoses, she diligently follows not the stock market, not the fashion trend, not the economy, not politics. She watches over the ways of her household. She does not eat of the bread of idleness. You guys go figure out what these terms are. You're best served if you know what God is trying to tell us. And because she walks in that way, there's a legacy in verse 26, 28. It says, her children say, thanks, mom. Her husband also praises her. You're the bedrock. You're the, you're the foundation. You're the, cult, you're the one that's allowed to be cultivated, to give forth fruit. Yeah, there's many men that are lost, and I agree, but that doesn't justify you being lost. There are many men who are twisted, but that doesn't justify you following after your selfish mindset, serving only yourself. I tell women all the time, you're serving a dynasty of five, 500 generations, 500 years of of what's going to happen is your life, your life, your convictions, your heart. If they're not connected to God, God help us. A mother was not placed on the earth to divert their children against God and God's purposes and godly men. We see this the worst is a mother responsible for asking her daughter to request the head of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 14. Imagine this. What would ever contrive in the heart of a woman? You know the story. It says that the young girl was beautiful and began to dance before the authority and the king. And so the king says, I'll give you anything you want. You ask me whatever you want, and that's what I'm going to give you. Matthew 14, 14, verse 6. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guest and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted, say with me, prompted by her mother. I wonder what the influence there was. It must have been her mother. She said, give me on a platter the head of this preacher. Give me on a platter the head of a man who's bringing the instruction of God. 
What would ever demon possess a woman to do that? What would ever demon possess a woman to tell her daughter, don't respect men of God? Cut their heads off. You might not do that physically, but you do it continually spiritually. The king was distressed because of this oath and his dinner guests. He ordered that her request be granted. In verse 10, it says, and had John the Baptist beheaded in prison and his head was brought in a platter to give to her little child, her girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. What, what, what would ever come into our lives to cause us to discount the leadership of God? That, that, I don't know if we can say happy Mother's Day there, my friends. I cannot say that. I cannot say happy Mother's Day there. The influence of a mother is powerful. In 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul says to Timothy, hey, my friend, that which was put in your heart, when I call to remembrance the genuine, authentic faith that is in you because it first dwelt in Grandmama and Mama Eunice, Eunice, I'm persuaded that that's how you received that world-changing, authentic faith. It was produced first in the heart of your grandmother, passed down to your mother in all godly fear and submission. And now there it is in this son who was a world changer. And in the same mindset, we have Jezebel, who 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 13, has a daughter named Athaliah. I think she was Aliyah. And Mama Bear sets up this little princess who listens to nobody. And when her husband dies and her son dies, she says, I will take the throne. Some of you already had the throne. You have to relinquish the throne. You need to hate that with the passion of what it's breeding in this generation. You have to hate it with a passion. You have to hate the Jezebel spirit. It comes down to the daughter. She respects no one. And it says there in 2 Kings eleven thirteen, when she looked there, stood the king. On a pillar was customary. Um, verse 13, it says, Ataliah heard the noise. They were, they were trying to bring and usher in a king. And she went into the house of the Lord to the people. And they were blowing trumpets. And the captains came and they surrounded the king. Verse 14. And you know what she said? These are the words that she uttered. Ready? Treason. Treason. Someone's taking over my ship. Oh, no. Listen, if his name is Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost, led by the word of God, and full with the grace of the Lord, bow down and worship. Bow down and thank God. She didn't like that. She considered it treason that somebody would come up against her. And the Bible says, the next verse, the priest commanded the captains to take her forth out of the ranks, and whoever's following her leadership will be killed by the sword also. For the priest had said, let her not be slain in the house of God. We don't want to get the, uh, this place messy with blood. They seized her and she went out through the horse gate. That's, that's, how, that's how this spirit is eliminated. It's through warfare. It's getting the spirit out of your life. Go against it. I, I love uh, Derek Prince was saying that there was, there was issues in his life and he wanted them out so that he could serve God. So he could become a man of God. So they took her outside. And what happened next? <clears throat> they seized her and she went out through the horse gate. And there she was slain. And Jehoda made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. And also between the king and her. 
And it was powerful that day as they, they placed in power on the throne a man of God. Verse 20, it says, So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after Ataliah had been slain with the sword beside the king's house. The Bible has told us that if we don't turn the hearts of the children towards their father and the hearts of the father towards the children, there will be chaos and confusion on the land. Can I tell you that it's mom's incredible role to do that? It's mom's incredible role to, to grease the wheels of the heart of the children towards their godly authority and fathers. To grease the heart of the father. Um, we were just talking <clears throat> to one man yesterday. He says, oh, because my wife needs to be a mother first. And listen to me. The wife needs to allow their children to feel the heart of a godly father. To weigh it, to consider it. That's how a man becomes wise. Honoring his mother and father that everything shall go well with him. So that he could live a long life upon the earth. What did Jezebel do to this poor woman to make her think that she could stand on the throne as a queen over Israel? Self-appointed, by the way. Self-appointed. I'm going to tell you this last thing. There's going to be two women upon the earth. One is going to be called the Bride of Christ. And she produces godly offspring. The other one is the great harlot Babylon. And she produces wicked, rebellious, disobedient offspring. Two women. They're both of them are mothers. Because in Revelation chapter 12, we see <clears throat> there's, there's a queen giving birth to a male child that will rule the nations with a rod of iron. That's mama. That's big mama. And she's giving forth the fruit that will rule the nations on the throne of God. She will give for birth fruit worthy of, of being entrusted to govern the affairs of God. And then the other woman, what travesty. What travesty, this mother. And, and you know who she's the mother of? Revelation 17, can we read that real quick? These two mothers we see throughout history. One, always seeking the favor, the reverence, the following God. And this other one who... The Bible says like this, Romans 17. Verse 5. For on her forehead was a name, a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of all harlots, of those that work abomination upon the earth. A woman that was drunk with the blood of God's people and of the blood of martyrs of Jesus. When I saw this woman, I marveled with great amazement. I don't know what it is that drives that, that cause, but I, today in the house of God, you want to sit there and be a world-changing producer, let's stand this morning and say, Lord, I want the responsibility you've given me. You know that my mom came to the Lord when we were already older. And she sat down and had a conversation with each one of her children. And she says, I want to ask for your forgiveness. Because I've led you the wrong way for 20 years. I haven't been a mother according to the heart of God. And it could be that no one taught you. It could be that no one trained you up. It could be that you didn't see the travesty that would befall the generations of your family. You can't be a blessing to your grandchildren 
because you're walking in a harlot spirit. You can't be a blessing to the generations to come <clears throat> because you have not followed the heart of God. This week, this woman decided to challenge us on television. And she said like this, when did you decide to be straight? And the lady didn't know how to answer. She says, I never decided that. I always was straight. And so she says, see, you never decided. I never decided to be gay. It's just something that happened. I was born like that. And I said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's answer this the way it goes. You know the day I decided to be straight? The day I decided to walk not in an alternative lifestyle? The day I decided to obey my parents. That was the day. And the day you decided to be gay is the day you decided to rebel against your mom and dad to which the Bible says you had to honor and obey so that it would go well with you and you would live a long life. That's why you're never going to be a wife and you're, gonna, you're never going to be a mother unless you repent, unless you turn around and walk in obedience to God's instruction because instruction is the opposite of destruction. So we have such an incredible responsibility. And I'll say this that I say every year. If today has been an intense day for you, just wait till Father Day comes around. God has chosen a woman to grow up in maturity, instruction and training to be a mother. That's a, a maturity. This is, not, this is not another direction. Do not be deceived by allowing the devil to subvert you and sidetrack you to another cause. Lest your glory be your shame. Lest the heart of something gets in the heart of your children and they don't even know that there are to be kings. They're there to be prince. They're to be royalty. They're to honor and love their dad. They're to respect the pastor and love the house of God and love the servants of God. Not asking servants of God's head on a platter. I wish the pastor would mind his own business. I wish the pastor would shut up. I wish the pastor didn't talk to us. Oh, well, who does he think he is? Listen to me. That's not who I am. It's the spirit of God who's trying to preserve your seed. When I got married to Yvette, I said, God, why do you want me to come into this woman for the rest of my life? And he says, because I'm seeking godly seed. I want you guys to make a covenant and to honor that relationship so your children could see the mystery of godliness. What is it? Christ and the church. A relationship of a man who walks in the fear of God and obedience and a woman who honors, a man who cherishes, a woman who respects. It's the kingdom of God. This is not my gospel. This gospel should be preached in every church house in the world. We love flowers. We love to celebrate, but we love truth more than that. As we sing this song, you can raise one hand and say, God, bring me to your reality. Bring me to your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done.